Well, good morning, my happy peppy people. Where's my coffee? It's over there. Good morning. It is good the morning. Heat, heat and Light Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Nathan Fullerton, site planter of Eglinton East, and this is the Grand Poobah, uh, Senior Pastor Bob McGregor at the 7601 Mothership, floating down Shepherd and Morningside in the perpetual ether that is Toronto. Good morning or good night, whatever you get this morning, edited. Good could evening be, and good could night. Be tonight. This is Tuesday. Tuesday. It is it is Tuesday. Today we have staff chapel, get together as uh, staff people, worship the Lord. It's important uh, that we don't just you know sit in the office all week and look at mm -hmm. the walls, but we, we're doing a lot of work uh, connecting with people, uh, studying, planning and executing the mission that we see the Lord leading us And that on. happens in a couple hours, and you're going to be leading it. I am not going to be leading it. Pastor Mario Villanueva... You're leading the worship. I am playing the guitar. Okay. But, you know, I am playing the guitar, and uh, and hopefully I'll be able to play the songs, because it was uh, this morning I woke up, and, and then I said to myself, Oh, I need to bring my guitar today. I almost forgot. Anyways, we are looking at Colossians 1. I was away uh, speaking at one of our um, fellow family churches, uh, Renaissance Baptist Church in Brooklyn, Ontario, just north of the Ajax Whitby area, mm -hmm. uh, with Pastor John Blackman, the funniest man he's in the fellowship. Good, he's got a good wit. Good. He's not a rubber chicken kind of a funny guy. No. He's got a searing wit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was fantastic. They were away and back in the swing of things. And now we're looking at Colossians 1 because this past week was, what was it? Pastor? Well, our, we, our kids just finished a week of camp and they were studying um, in, in expository fashion, I would say. First Col or Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 20. And they dealt with the creation of the world, the fall and the rescue through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so on Sunday, they kind of recapped everything, and then I gave a message, a brief message, maybe 20 minutes, from this passage. So we're just going to visit the passage now and just kind of extract from it a few principles that, that I, I think we need to revisit once in a while so that we see Jesus uh, more clearly, the, the Savior of our soul, the object of our worship, the center of our lives, uh, we need to spend more time thinking about who he is. And we are also going to address, so stick around, we're going to address a question that was given to us by a member of the young adults of, of this church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's a really important question because it's a hard one to figure out when you're young. And I, I feel like it's a lot easier to figure out when you're older. But uh, let's let's dive right in. Okay, let me just read. Uh, you know what? I'm going to throw you a curveball. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read the passage. Then you talk about it. Okay. How about that? Read on. Okay. Um, I never read the passage. So here we are starting chapter 1, verse 15, and it says this regarding Jesus. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. 
He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. That's the deal. So Paul wrote the Colossians because they weren't sure about this anymore. They had some a false doctrine that was making the rounds in their church that was taking away from Jesus some of his majesty, imagining that Jesus might have been an angel, a good angel, but nevertheless an angel. Uh, some, uh, even today, think that Jesus is just a guy, a uh, smart, good guy, had a following, got unlucky, crucified, what a tragedy. Um, we've got some good principles from him to live by, but that's basically it. So there are, and you might, our listener might have uh, a view of Jesus that uh, is um, wrong, heretical, uh, ill-informed, and so it's good for us, for various reasons, to read this passage and get a clear view of who Jesus is. So it begins by saying, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn mm -hmm. of all creation. I love that truth. Uh, that is something I bring up time and time again. Because people think God is mysterious, he's far off, he's unknowable. Mm -hmm. And there is truth to all that because he is so beyond that, beyond us. But the amazing thing is Jesus, in his very words, says, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So there's a way in which Jesus, particularly in a way that humans can understand, reveals the eternal God. Yeah, there are different ways of saying it in the New Testament. But we need to say it, that Jesus is fully God. Yes. Amen. I mean, he, in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, verse 19. Now, you can monkey with those words and try to create new grammar, but um, it's just an overwhelming doctrine that, as hard as it is to understand, that Jesus is God in human flesh. Whatever is true of God is true of the Son. Um, and so we have seen God in the person of mm. Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God. And then it says the firstborn of all creation. So that kind of throws mm -hmm. a wrench in, in our first statement mm -hmm. because it's, how do we understand that? Yeah, it, it, is this saying that Jesus was, was the first one to be created? It's not saying that at all. And, and I know that there are cults who, who do say that. But we need to understand that the term firstborn is a title of distinction. Um, usually, it's given to the person who is, is born first in a family because there is a, a responsibility that a firstborn has to be the executor. Are you the first? You're not the firstborn in your family. I am right? not the firstborn. So the, I'm the firstborn male. It's almost as good. But the uh, the firstborn has a priority in a family. In, in the I bet your sisters age. love you when you say that. Love she, it when you say that. She loves. She loves me. Uh, but there there is a, a rank and a position that is called the firstborn, but you don't have to be born first in order to be the firstborn. Mm, yeah. And because uh, I mentioned on Sunday, Jacob and Esau is an example. Who, of those twin boys, who was born first? Esau. But who was the firstborn? Jacob. Okay. Something happened. The, the rank went from one to the other. And so we're not forced to think that the firstborn always has a reference to time, uh, but in this case, it has a reference to rank. So Jesus is the head, if you will, mm -hmm. of all creation. For by him, 
All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions, rulers and authorities. All things were created through him. I just, as I'm listening to that, it just arouses a sense of worship because it's so amazing that the, the God who actually knows the way every quark and atom <clears throat> is connected, knows the subatomic stuff that, that physicists can't even fathom, mm-hmm walked in this earth and uh and revealed himself and that's just yeah that's you know, out there uh we were, we were just talking before our show how um crazy our world is because there's so much data that should lead to certain conclusions but for philosophical reasons we take it in other directions mm-hmm, and, yeah. and i won't say exactly what we were talking about but um i think we need to understand that this world screams design. design. It, it, it screams a creator. And so when the scripture says everything was made through him and for him, it's saying that you don't understand creation unless you understand the one who designed it. You know, and just to go back to that for just a split second, the foolishness of this is exhibited by the fact that people, the people who don't want to acknowledge design nitpick ones and twos of examples of things that don't make design sense to them. But the overwhelming, the millions and millions and billions of examples of, of intricate design in this world are the vast majority. Maybe there's ones and twos of things that don't seem to make sense mm-hmm. to us in terms of design, but they are by far in the minority, and given better understanding, I'm sure we would figure out why they were designed that way. So, there's a little rant for you on your what Tuesday the, what morning. What was the movie that talked about uh, Stephen Hawking's the, the Something of Everything? I didn't see it, actually. I, I, I kind of would have liked to have seen that one. Uh, the the Theory of Everything? The Theory of Everything. I think a lot of physicists are looking for that. People are looking for what is the key that makes sense out of everything. Yeah. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. In, in him, all things hold together. He's the center. He makes sense out of everything. Um, for instance, if you if you had a, a, a bicycle wheel with mm-hmm. with a center to it, you know if that if that center is truly centered, you're going to spin well. It's going to it's going to run well. But if you move that center off to the side, your your wheel's going to wobble. Yes, that's great. Mm-hmm. And you just won't have a good ride. It'll be very bumpy. And I think the reason why our world is all messed up today is because we don't have Jesus at the center, and so we're bouncing around wondering, what's the problem? What am I doing wrong? Well, and we see that illogic in our culture, and, and I'm not saying this to, to make an argument for, for very many people out there who are unbelieving, but as believers, just remember when we look at the inconsistencies of our, of our culture, where we exalt science on one level, acknowledge that it has all kinds of amazing things to offer us Mm -hmm. as believers in terms of understanding the world, Mm -hmm. and then we deny science when it doesn't any longer fit into our moral worldview. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, Romans 1.18 explains this, that the whole world is actually suppressing the truth about God in unrighteousness and his wrath is being revealed against that suppression by allowing just handing people over to sin but we create alternative facts Mm -hmm. and we're satisfied now on an intellectual level that well we've got data we've got facts and they're alternative they're not real and the consequences are overwhelming for society so um 
whenever I think it's important that whenever uh, a student enters his studies, whether it be math, history, science, geography, mm. physics, or whatever, the, the first calling is to worship the God who made that. Because yes. Jesus made things visible and invisible. I think the invisible not only applies to spirit beings, but it applies to the, 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 the physical principles of the world. Formulas that are now being discovered uh, by physicists, these are the, the, the invisible things that Jesus has locked into creation that when we unlock we should fall down and worship him. Yeah, this is the beauty of mathematics, the fact that abstractly we can discover what later we will re realize is true physically mm -hmm. through, through math. That, that really goes against science. The notion that uh, the immaterial would predict the material, it should be really the other way around. Mm -hmm. But uh, all of these things, um, the the fact that um, oh I I went I was okay well let's, I was gonna say something and yeah it'll just, come back to you yeah so so Jesus is the head of everything created we know it has fallen but then uh, Colossians goes on to say uh, he is the head of the body the church so this is a new thing that Jesus is the head of um, there's a fallen creation mm -hmm. but there is a new creation he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might have the preeminent. So the firstborn from the dead has reference to people who were part of fallen creation, but by the grace of God they have been awakened, they have been recreated, there's a new nature, and so now there's a new creation. Mm -hmm. You and I are part of that because God's Holy Spirit has been given to us, and what the author is saying here is not only is Jesus the, the firstborn or the head of fallen creation but he is the firstborn and the head of the new creation which is the church mm -hmm. and I think that helps us understand how unique the church is in this fallen world we are a new entity yeah and we really need to we really need to gain more and more confidence in that position as new creation I think in a few different ways one of them would be Christians should not be fatalistic about a negative fate for the world what I mean by this is, uh, I don't care what your eschatology says, if all you're ever living toward is thinking, oh, it's just going to go downhill from here, the, the, the clear statement of history is that it is, it's often gone uphill. It is often improved in, in various places mm -hmm. because of the influence of the gospel. And we could see that in the city of Toronto uh, once again. It is very hopeful that we could see great victory or revival spread out and have, you know, centuries, centuries of, of greater growth rather than hindrance. Maybe not, uh, but nevertheless, we know that Jesus is preeminent, not our culture, not our world leaders, not Donald Trump or Trudeau or Kim Jong-un. God is the one who's preeminent in Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the head of his church, which is inserted into the fallen world yeah. as a, a lump of leaven, as scripture says, or salt and light or whatever, uh, with the idea that it will have um, an effect on society. And, you know, that's why at Morningstar, we are sold out on the idea that Toronto needs more churches. Mm -hmm. Because it's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is made known, and the, uh, the, the, the pathologies in the world are healed in the church so that the races that fight each other in the world embrace each other, love each other in the church. This is a powerful witness to the gospel.
And what we've seen in Charlottesville and other places in the States is, is such a disgusting denial of the supremacy of Jesus because it's putting race and nationality above the preeminence of Christ. Anything that competes mm -hmm. with the preeminence of Christ will be crushed. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's just something as Christians we need to continually, because you might see two white guys here, but the vast, vast majority of our, uh, our congregation is from all nations of the world. And I, I feel humbled and, and proud to be a part of that. Amen. So, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This is our head, Jesus Christ. Uh, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Just some things. Well, everything. What? Everything's going to be fixed. Most things. Everything's going to be in its place. Just the good people. Okay. Just the good people. <laughs> everything. All things. Everything that was lost <laughs> is going to be put in its place. Now, it doesn't mean that hell will be emptied and people will be reconciled to God. But what it does mean is that the right thing will be done by them. Mm -hmm. They will be where they need to be and where they want to be in relation to a holy God. Um, but we are pleased to say that what it, what it means to be reconciled to himself also means that there are people who can be rescued from that and brought to Jesus Christ and mm -hmm. be in a proper relationship with him so that the wheel is centered in Jesus and the benefit of having a, a harmonious, joyful, peaceful life can be gained by people who are reconciled to Christ. Now, how do we get reconciled to him? How do I go from being dead in my trespasses and sins and loving it, mm -hmm. minding my own business? How do I get from there to be reconciled to a holy uh, creating God whose wrath abides on my sin? How do I get there? Um, verse says, making peace by the blood, blood of his cross. And there's no other faith or religion that, that says anything close to that. That God himself came into the world and died as a sacrifice so that his people could live. And then because he is not bound by death, he was raised from the dead and, and leads his people. And, and so mm -hmm. even this morning, I had to come before the Lord and just say like, I am not justified by my perfect obedience. I'm not justified by my prayer life, and I'm not justified by my devotion life. Because some days Amen. it's good, and some good days thing. it's not good. I am justified mm -hmm. by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. That's how I'm accepted, and you can be accepted as freely as that as well. Uh, and add to that what we just said, that this one whose blood was shed for us is God. Mm-hmm that thou my God should die for me, so Charles Wesley's hymn says. And I think it's, it's right to say that our sin was so grievous that it required not the blood of goats, not the blood of sinful men, but the blood of the eternal God to die and pay the price for my eternal sin, my eternal condemnation. And it, it just it makes us realize our predicament that we were in. Yeah. And the cost of our redemption is incredible. And it's hard to um, love sin when you think about that. It's, it's hard to hate people 
when you realize the price that was paid to get us out of that. And maybe if I could just dip into verse 21 for a second, part of what, where we get in trouble is that we don't understand what we were saved from. We don't really think our situation was that dire, that difficult. Mm-hmm. And so we devalue the redemption we've received. In verse 21, it says, and you were once alienated and hostile in mind. So you mm-hmm. think about the closest relationship you should have, like a husband and wife or a mother and a son, and then that relationship broken and hostile, you were once that, uh, and then not only that, but you're heaping up evil deeds, so you're doing all kinds of things that would continue to break that relationship. Even though you were in that position, he now reconciled us through his body of flesh, by his death, Mm -hmm. in order to present us, not kind of good and and a little bit acceptable, Mm -hmm. but what the text says, to present us holy and blameless. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine, brother or sister, that there is no blame in the eyes of God to be found in you because of Jesus? So you can come to him, you can confront your work, you can confront your difficult relationships, you can confront all those things without fear because you've been fully accepted by the one who created every cell in the universe. That's the gospel. (laughs) No condemnation. Okay, now, what about Abby's question? Yeah, Oops. well, I, no. I shouldn't mention her name. Just one of <laughs> our... <laughs> so, uh, one of our young people, a uh, great young lady, sent oh, me a question. She's, she's, not, she's a young adult. Right? Yeah, young lady? Young adult? Young people tend to be high school type. I don't you know, really think of it. Nomenclature. You, you were calling me a young person several times. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, no, I found it really annoying. Forty. <laughs> I gotta give something for Scott to laugh at <clears throat> when we when we do the podcast. Scott, your brother, my brother, yeah, because um, he listens. He does. So I'm gonna just so look. At, I've got the question right, and you can here. send your questions too. Uh, to where? You can send your questions to info at morningstarfellowship.ca. No. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you can always just shoot me a, a message there, um, and okay. that's how we do it. So Abby just messaged me last night. Here's a question for the Heat and Light podcast that came from a discussion from some young adults. When on mission to make disciples, are we called to pursue the sinner even when it puts us in compromising situations? For example, say you had friends who were avid party goers, their parties involved drugs, sex, and alcohol, and they invited you. Do we as missionary Christians party with these with them in these settings? Would this be seen as condoning the sin? Uh, should we go to these parties but be the party pooper telling people why they ought not to, to do these things? Or do we stay away in an effort to stay pure and uncorrupted? We know that Jesus hung out with tax collectors, gluttons, drunkards, prostitutes. He was with them so often that he got a reputation for being one of them. Uh, that's bit of an assumption there, but there's a, that was definitely the accusation. I could be wrong, but the settings in which he was with them was in their homes, reclining at table, but never in a brothel or some mm-hmm. other notorious mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Are we limited to sharing the gospel and making disciples in safe settings like the home? Where does a Christian draw the line? Wow. Okay, I didn't realize there was so much load, I thought the question was a lot simpler than that. We're going to have to try and simplify it. I'm going to I just want to start here with a couple assumptions. Um, We have passages, and I can't think of the actual text, but Proverbs tells us that 
bad company corrupts good character. First Corinthians fifteen thirty. Okay, First Corinthians, and it's, they're quoting this proverb. Proverbs, um, and so there is a sense with if you spend all your time with corrupted people, that's going to rub off on you. Mm-hmm. However, as a believer, too, uh, to the pure, all things are pure, um, and I'm not. That isn't some blanket statement to 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 uh, justify sin, but. We, we should have both a sense that in Jesus, we are protected from corruption, and in Jesus, we also want to seek purity. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're a young person, and I not too many years off of this, uh, I, I find that people in their early 20s tend to party hard. Like, they go at it. They're, they're being crazy sometimes. It's, it's a verb. Yeah, and, and yet... At my age, I find that if I meet a non-Christian couple and we hang out, and and uh, maybe there's there's some alcohol or something, people aren't generally sometimes, but not generally, just like mm-hmm. getting trashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just that life stage difficulty where it is more difficult as a young person mm-hmm. to hang out with people who are partying mm-hmm. than it is as an older person to hang out with other adults who are in a life stage where they're not mm-hmm. quite as nuts. They're totally lost in sin, but they're not nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I would say if somebody invites you to a party, there's a freedom to go and if you show up and it's a bad scene just leave like but but if you know it's going to be a bad scene then why make it worse by leaving sometimes ceremoniously well i don't you think it has to be group. worse you just you can you can just say i think we just need to be less afraid of them reviling us like i was reading in luke uh, 6 or 7 this morning and he was saying do not uh, rejoice, it leap for joy, sing when people despise you for my name. And I'm not saying we should do that in a self-righteous tone, but if you go to the party and you're like, you know what, guys, it's just not my thing, and you leave, and then they're like, oh, you're being holier now. Go take, sing take a song, it, man. Take like it, yeah. that's uh that's there's nothing wrong with that. And so I, I think we should be less concerned about how we're perceived, how we come off. And just be willing. If somebody extends hospitality to you, try and accept yeah. their hospitality. And, and, and within that acceptance of hospitality, then try and bring them into settings where you might show a more biblical form of hospitality. Yeah, I, I think it's important that you, that you also know um, your weakness and, yes, and how Satan sure. can get that. If you go to these things because you really like it, mm-hmm. this, this is your scene, you like the music, you like the jokes, you, you just like it. Um, you, you need to realize that there's a spiritual problem there. I think when Jesus went to these things, and I don't know that Jesus would have actually showed up to one of those parties where let's get drunk. You know, I think when Jesus hung out with sinners, by and large, it was sinners who were open to repenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but if well, yes, I, 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 I think I, I, I hear what you're saying. He definitely was in some settings like the wedding at Cana, where people were clearly getting drunk um, to the point where they couldn't tell the difference between whether the wine was good or not. I mean, and so there's there are settings. This is an area where obviously yeah, I, Christians I, have, have various views. Yeah. But but I, I just want to say have, have strength and don't be foolish. 
Is there a line? I don't know that there is a specific line here as much as there is what is it what is it going to look like for you to extend a healing hand to this person? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know what what does a loving person do in this context? Yes. Just ignore them or do you see yourself as a, as a doctor who needs to be around people who are sick and sometimes the people who are sick don't know how sick they are. And so and you run the risk of, of getting contaminated. Uh, there's a passage in Haggai where um, the, the question is asked, when, when someone who is holy comes in contact with something that is unclean, uh, who, who changes? Does the, does the thing that is unclean become holy because the holy is there? Or does the, the holy become unclean because the unclean is there? And typically, when a holy person engages himself with sin, there's a contamination. That's what that yes, proverb yes. is about. You know, and so we do need to be careful uh, to guard our, our holiness, guard our eyes, the things we hear, the things that we see, um, because there is a real risk there. However, uh, sometimes when we are protected by the Spirit and we, we have a proper missional attitude and we, we go uh, in the strength that the Lord provides, we can be in those situations, which in, a, in another uh, day or situation may result in our fall. So that's why we need to walk circumspectly, walk in the Spirit, and, and not uh, be so proud that we think, oh, I can hang out with these people. It's not going to affect me. Yes, no. I mean, there's definitely a humility that has to be present and a, and a reliance and dependence on the Holy Spirit of God yeah. in you yeah. to actually proclaim truth. Um, what I would wanted to say too is, if you're worried about your public appearance, I would be very careful about what you're consuming in private. If you're watching uh, television and movies that involve a lot of sexual immorality and and uh, and things that you would consider um, immoral for you, for instance, if you were to consider it immoral for you to go down to a, a place and say, "I want to pay you." money to be naked in front of me, then don't in private uh, pay people online to be mm-hmm. naked in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be in something explicitly called pornography or just modern entertainment. Uh, so mm-hmm. protect your holiness in private mm-hmm. and there will also be a, a greater sense of your holiness in public. So that you are not inconsistent yeah. or or uh, hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These, like many things, we are commanded to to now follow the law of Christ. Yeah. The law of Christ is not like the written code written in stone, which kills, but it's a new code written on tablets of flesh that has that gives life, and um, and that position of <coughs> of purity that the Christian get has, mm-hmm. where they're not instantly made ceremonially unclean by things they touch and taste in the world, gives us a freedom to engage in our world mm-hmm. in a way that can bring that new creation that we're talking about. Yeah. So I think, I think it's also important, just to put it out there, as you said, um, at some point you're going to be mocked. Yes. And if you are the kind of person that can't handle that, you want everyone to, you want to be cool accepted by the in crowd, uh, you need to decide who you're going to follow. 
Jesus or the world, because at some point, as savvy as you are, someone's going to call you an idiot and a jerk for following Jesus. And you need to own that as a badge of honor. Amen. Well, that that's about all we got today, bro. Do, 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 do. You got to get ready for our worship. Yeah, I do, because I got to run through those, those songs. It is so great to talk to you guys. As always, if you want to support the podcast, you can do it through the app. Um, and uh, not going to explain all that right now. But please join us at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday at 7601 Shepherd Avenue for Morningstar Christian Fellowship's public mm -hmm. worship gathering. If you've already done that, plug into a connection group. Amen. If you are a person who's coming to the church and you want to see new churches planted in the city of Toronto, talk to me, talk to Pastor Edgar Gorsick, and we will love to get you plugged into a place like Eglinton East or Ajax. Pickering. plants that we're starting. And if you want to support this ministry, this church planting ministry, uh, download our app, Morningstar Scarborough at the App Store. And or there's Google a way. Play. There's mm -hmm. a way in there that you can uh, contribute to the funding of our church planting ministry. We'd be glad to have your prayer support, your financial support, your personal support in this great venture. And uh, we'd be open to any conversation you want to have about sharing in this vision that we have for Toronto. And Thank you, you can go straight to giving by texting on your phone seven seven nine seven seven. Pardon me. Texting the word Morning Star CF, all one word. To the number 77977. That'll take you right to the giving page. Thanks for watching. Thank you. God bless you.